This Monday on Cocktail Network Live, watch One Drink With. Candid conversations with bottle flipping, shaker spinning cocktail creators from around the world. From Las Vegas to New York, London to Japan, what happens behind bars gets shared here. Starring Dean Cerniels and Rob Husted. This week we share One Drink With. Bache Manukian. Hey everybody, my name is Dean Sternils. Welcome to One Drink With. And uh, today we are having One Drink With. Let me click on that. Where is he? He's somewhere in New York City. Rob Houston. Hey, what's up, Dino? Where you can't tell are you? I am not in the studio as normal. Uh, the studio has got a bit of an upgrade, but a downgrade in the sleeping capacity. Are you I'm in a barn? In New York. What's that? You look like you're in a barn. What's going on? Pretty close. I'm in a cabin. We're in a camp for USPG uh, re, uh, National Leadership Conference. They got the presidents and vice presidents and uh, ones that want to volunteer all here from all the chapters of the United States wow. to just get reabsorbed in the USPG Find out what issues are happening, how to conquer them, how to work together, and it's been a blast so far, Dean. And there's a leader from every member, every one of the uh, USBGs there? Correct. Yeah, every chapter's got uh, someone here. The funny thing is uh, they require you to send two people. So even if you don't send two people, they charge you anyways. Awesome. So people are like, well, we might as well go then. Well go. <laughs> so that's one way to get everybody here. So if you're just tuning in from around the world, the USBG is the United States Bartenders Guild, which is a volunteer organization that, uh, that has bartenders, smart bartenders like Rob Husted there, uh, educating and mentoring other bartenders that are coming into the industry. Hey, Bob, hey Rob? Yeah, it's a, it's a great group of like-minded individuals, but more importantly, they're in it for the right reasons. We dedicate so much time, so much effort, a lot of this stuff costs us money out of our own pocket, and we volunteer for this. We don't get paid a dime. We do this because we love this, and we do this because we want to grow the community. And it's great seeing bartenders from all over the United States all doing the same thing. It's, a, it's an incredible organization, and uh, it has, has grown so many great bartenders and great bars and restaurants and the craft alone. So uh, if you are watching and you want to get involved in bartending, definitely look up the United States Bartenders Guild and find your local chapter. Uh, and get involved that way. Start learning the craft and uh, and all the skills. But more importantly, get involved with the people involved in it. That's the uh, that's the big deal about our community. Uh, so much fun. So Rob, uh, yeah, you're there till Tuesday, and then what happens? I'm sending you that video right now. I'm actually here till Wednesday. All right. Uh, here till Wednesday. Purposely got a late flight, so once we get back to New York. I can hit a couple of cool cocktail bars, do some sightseeing, have a little fun while I'm here. Because, right. yeah, we're having fun, but this is also work as well. Yeah, yeah. And then um, Thursday, we get ready right around the corner for Bartender Shakedown, which uh, I'm going to see you in person soon. Yes, yes. And we're going to tell you more about Bartender Shakedown in a couple of minutes here. Uh, but first of all, everybody, I want to uh, I want to just uh, kind of reach out, tug your heartstrings a little bit, and say that we need your help on... This happened to me last time. There we go. Come on. Where are you? There it is. Click. Cocktail Network Live. We just need you guys to uh, to jump on and help us out by uh, by liking and subscribing the show to your guys. 
We've got all kinds of great content here. Here is the uh, the playlist for One Drink With right there, season four. I'm not going to start the videos. Last week we had Dario Doimo on. It was great. All right. Uh, and there's our website, CocktailNetworkLive.com. Again, like Rob said, this is all about building the community. And what Rob and I are doing with Cocktail Network Live is all about trying to build the community of bartending uh, with Bottle Flare as well as the mixologists where Rob is hanging out today. So uh, please jump on, like, and subscribe for us, guys. And uh, Rob, you're back with me on camera here. Hi, how are you, texting away, buddy? <laughs> hey, you know, testing all the beautiful bartenders that I just met. <laughs> yeah, right. I get you, man. You know what? This show is called One Drink With, and I, I keep looking at all this stuff in front of me. I think we should get in the cocktails, have a little talk about some fun stuff, and then we'll bring on the guest of honor. The guest of honor has just joined the green room. I think he's watching the show. I hope he is. He looks handsome. I can see you, but you can't see me. Uh, or actually, you can see me. I guess he can see me. He can watch the show. But anyway, all right. All right, One Drink With. You ready to do this thing? One Drink With This is our uh, mixology segment, our one-minute mixology. Let me get my chair out of the way. I invented this cocktail this afternoon. Oh, I need my bottle. All right, here we go, guys. Do do. One-minute mixology. Today I'm using Calamity Gin, a big sponsor of the, uh, the Bartender Shakedown this weekend. Uh, you better get down to uh, West Palm to see this thing, the improv at West Palm. We've got some of the top bartenders from around the world, and we're shooting a documentary that will be uh, available for streaming somewhere in 2023. All right, here we go. I got a drink for you. I made this drink just once earlier today. It's called Sparkling Lychee and starts off with two perfectly measured pours of Calamity Gin. I should just call this the Calamity Cocktail. Half a squirt of Real, Real Lychee Real, a couple of dashes of Peychaud's, and I found this in the counter today. Oh, if I can open it, that's going to cost me some time. Oh, it's, it is stuck. <laughs> I can't open it. Move past it. I'm gonna have to, okay. I'll get on it later. I've still got this thing. I wanted to do like an old fashioned martini here. Two ounces of gin, a little lychee, and one ice cube. And if I could put my sparkles in it, I would. That's the whole idea of one minute mixology, right? That's the beauty of going live, man. What can happen? What will happen? <laughs> it, it's a true challenge of us making a real cocktail in one minute. And regardless of what's finished at one minute, we have the rest of the show to drink it. I love it. Sometimes are <laughs> great. Sometimes we use some improvement. Uh, I'm a little nervous because I hopefully everything traveled well in the airplane. And uh, we'll see how this goes. Yeah, you're trying to do this live in a barn. I love it. Set me up. <laughs> All right, so this cocktail is 
something with, re with re uh, Redemption Rye, which I really love. It's it's a good product. And I figured we're coming to New York. And if you look around, you really can't see. But there's a lot of bourbon around me. So I want to make a bourbon cocktail. And I want to utilize uh, some new products from Real, the hazelnut with some nut. And, and oddly enough, the cocktail is called the Nut Redemption. So we're going to start off with two ounces. Woo, there it is, of Redemption Rye. Six, seven, eight, in case you were counting at home. And then we're going to use coconut water, fresh coconut water out of the box. Uh, four ounces of that. And uh, the inspiration for this was going for a, a fun little highball, and it went in a different direction. We're just going to use one ounce of it was a half ounce, I lied, so I put a little more in there. A half ounce of the Hazelnut Real and one dash of the Angostura Cocoa Bitters. We're going to shake that bad boy up, and when we shake, we smile. Strain that into a glass. I was worried about a glass, so I brought my handy Real tumbler, which travels great in a plane and uh, perfect for the campsite. And we're going to top that off with some fresh nutmeg, and there we have the Nut Redemption. The Nut Redemption. <laughs> Slid it in there. You were so worried about me cutting the time down, and it's just we're just nailing this thing, you know? Because there's really only 53 seconds on the clock. Yeah. <laughs> it's right, really so, 50 second mixology, but you know, whatever. So here's what I found. Uh, we do a bunch of YouTube videos for uh, Master of Mixes. I do a ton of YouTube videos, so I have to get as creative as I can. And I found some uh, sparkles, uh, edible sparkles. So I'm gonna, I wanted to put those in my drink and stir them up earlier. I'm sure you can't see it. You can see that my drink turned oh, a little purple. Oh, I can see it from here. Can you see the sparkles? Yep. Uh, all right. Sparkles is my uh, drag queen name, actually. If you ever see me dressed up in drag, which has never happened, but if it does, uh, my name is Sparkles. All right, just uh, just rolling it out. Know. In case I ever get the invitation. Right, so let's move on, Dean. We made the cocktails. Let's talk a little bit about uh, what we got coming up next week. The Bartender Shakedown. And those of you guys that don't know, we've talked about it a lot, and hopefully most of you know, is the next competition uh, that we're putting on. It's, it's, it's the first ever blind working flare competition, so it's put, putting – real bartenders in a realistic bartending environment, a blind drink list, like a guest walking up to a bar, ordering some drinks from you, a round of drinks, you putting on an amazing show, putting on some flair in a timely manner because you want to get the drinks out quick. Oh, do a, a blind free pour while you're there because we want to see, make sure your drinks are accurate as well as correct. Oh, and while you're at it, make me something dealer's choice. Make me a specialty cocktail featuring Presidente Brandy and Real Ingredients. So all that in seven minutes, these bartenders are going to wow you, they're going to amaze you, and show you what is really capable in the world of bartending today. It's uh, it's quite an amazing uh, set of rules we put together here, Rob, that really challenges bartenders, uh, the flair guys, uh, and then regular bartenders. I don't even want to say regular bartenders, the uh, just professional bartenders, because you're, you're practicing and, and, and scoring people on every different aspect of the craft, and that's... Uh, that's different for flair bartending competitions. From, yeah, especially from flair bartending competitions in the past. And this this competition is nothing new. We right, did this. Right, you've been doing this many years, years ago. 
Yeah, we started back in 2004, or five, whatever it was. I can't even remember doing this competition. The last one was 2017, which Dario Domo won. And it was his last competition ever competing. He retired after that. Oh, and it's wow. great to have him come back on behalf of Patron to be one of the flair judges and just make that full circle. Yeah. So if you guys want to learn more about it, check out uh, flarebar.com and uh, put in your age and then scroll down right to the bottom uh, of this list of I, of things to bartenders shake down 2022 all right we've got a cool poster there we're at the improv there's rules everything else and a, a list of competitors and everything else that's going on there. all right so be sure to join us at the uh, the bartender shakedown because you can also get into the documentary if you happen to show up and be front and center live front row tickets 10 bucks right rob yeah, it's a hell of a deal. It's a it's it's an amazing opportunity. I know bartenders flying in that are keep messaging me like, hey, I just want to be part of the show. I want to be there. I want to support this, let alone it's amazing seeing the bartenders stepping up doing the competition that are challenging themselves to put themselves out there and really help showcase bartending today. Um, and with the documentary, like you said, going right into that now, uh, Shake It has stirred the movie, the, the Rise, Fall, Resurgence of Flair Bartending. We've been doing India Go-Go. Uh, which we're trying to raise $10,000, which is a small smidgen of the budget of what we're doing with this. And it's great seeing people get behind this and vote with their dollars. The, the other investors of this, of this great film that we're doing want to make sure engage the interest of the community. Like, hey, if we're going to make this movie, they want to make sure their money's being well invested. And one way to show them is to vote by your, your dollars. We've raised over three grand already. We were just getting into it. And I want to give a big shout out to some of the this week's uh, contributors and give them a big thank you. Mr. Dr. Dre Hill, Susan Song, Jim Barnett, Jennifer Brinkman, and then Dean, I think you wanted to shout out some people individually as well. Yeah, I wanted to do a shout out to Jim Barnett as well. He's a very good friend of mine from, uh, from our ABM days. Uh, but big cast of characters from ABM, Romina Weisner. Uh, she's, well, she's formerly from ABM, but now she's on to, uh, bigger and better things. Thank you, Romina. I love you very, very much. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Christina Wheelock as well from ABM. She's actually the new Florida girl. She's taking over everything down in Florida and a couple of those states. She's just absolutely amazing. I got to spend a couple days with her the other day. Marco Canova, ex-Flair bartender champion. You know him well, huh, Rob? He's been around. Yeah, great job. Great training that was on VHS, which I still watch every once in a while. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Bobby Brown and Cindy Machiolik. All of them contributing to our Indiegogo this week. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Even the smallest amount helps. Uh, it helps show people that, uh, that there's an audience for, uh, for this documentary. We can't wait to, uh, we can't bring it, wait to bring it to you. Rob and I actually have a production meeting with the producers uh, uh, every Monday before we come on here, and uh, we're so excited. We're seeing some of the dailies coming in and, uh, and then talking about it. So exciting. There's all kinds of really wonderful things happening. Uh, the bartenders are talking. Uh, here, here's uh, Dan Seitz saying, See the sights. Damn, I miss flare comps. Thanks, Dan Seitz. Remember Danny? Hey, Dan, We'll see you there. If we don't see you there, you can watch it live on Cocktail Network Live as, as it's being broadcasted live. Yeah, and then check out See the Sites as well, Dan, uh, on uh, YouTube. Dan's got uh, millions of followers or something like that. Very successful YouTube channel. Thanks for tuning in, Dan. I appreciate you, man. Love you. I miss you. 
All right. You ready to? I think uh, it's time for. You ready to see who we got with us today, Mister? Yeah, I'm excited. I, there's every one of these guests in season four have just been phenomenal and amazing. Yeah. And this individual is unlike no other. When you sit at his bar, you're entertained. He captivates you, and his level of professionalism is pretty much unmatched. Uh, and other than that, Dean, I'll let you take it from here. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for the one, the only, Vache Manukian. Hey! Good to see you. Good to see you, Dean. Good to see you, Rob. Good to see you, too, man. It's been a long time. I haven't talked to you in a long time, I think. It's been a minute. It's been a minute, brother. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing very well. Very, very well. Thanks for joining us on the show today. You're looking great, man. Thank, thank you so much for having me. Okay. Yeah, First, Monday. <laughs> What's up, brother? First question, because we tend to forget about this sometimes. In the oh, show, it's called yeah, One Drink With. That's right. What are you drinking? Oh, you know what? I was... <laughs> True story, I was gonna make a Negroni, um, but I didn't have any gin, so I ended up going with a mango cart today. That'll work. Yeah, yeah, but That's I had, I had Negroni on the line, I had Italicus, my Luxardo, I was ready to go, and then I'm reaching around, reaching through the cap, I'm like, no more gin. So I got no Negroni right now. <laughs> that, that's really sad. It's sad to hear there's no Negroni. <laughs> I know. Don't even get so sad right now. <laughs> when, when a bartender's house doesn't have booze. <laughs> right. Oh, the struggle is real. The struggle is real. <laughs> oh man, well, but, it was really good. I got to see. Uh, I got to see Rob. What about like two months ago? A month and a half ago? Yeah. yeah the end of June, first week in July, I was there celebrating my birthday with one of my female besties. Uh, we have the same birthday within a week, so we would tend to celebrate together and. Had an amazing time, and thank you for the hospitality. You guys were amazing. It was really cool seeing the energy flare again. Just crazy in Vegas, but in downtown Vegas, old Vegas on Fremont Street, and all these bars, you know, different flare bartenders, different bars, and it's it was less about competition and everybody working together, and that was the coolest thing to see. Yeah, it really is. You know, I keep telling people, it, it feels like a reunion. It feels like someone's putting together like a reunion movie from 20 years ago, but it's not only for one night. It's not one party. It's like every week, night after night, night after, you know, the guys I used to live with, compete with, travel with, practice at the park with, you know, everything that we did for the past 20 years are now standing next to you. And it's just the most amazing thing, you know? So um, it's very, uh, it's very humbling. Everyone's got a, another next level of gratitude for like where they are especially the guys that have, that have been doing it for like over 15 years. And it's just so amazing to be in that, in that culture and that energy. And just like you said, seeing everybody come together again with like a high energy level, man. It's so like the energy is so good and it's crazy, man. It just feels, it feels surreal. And I'm so, I'm so glad you got to witness it and hang out. And then you came to overhang after and you put on a little show for us, you know, Rob was, you know, Rob was showing off for us a little bit. That was you were awesome. showing up in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. We I, I didn't have a choice. He got me behind the bar after lots of Long Island iced teas. And here, flip bottles. And I'm sure there's lots of video out there of it. And uh, I had a blast doing it. So thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, welcome to Circa. So I'm so glad that you got that downtown experience, man. You know, it's uh, downtown's awesome. I love downtown. It's my first job down there. You know, being on the strip for 15 years, being at Carnival Core. Um, 
that's that's all I knew was just outdoor circle bar bartending you know no gaming and stuff like that so when I got to Circa when I got downtown it was all kind of new but luckily I got to shift outside and I you know I get to work outside again no machines and uh, just flare flare and it's you know you saw it. it's the wild west down there man it is crazy down there you never know what you're gonna see down there so tell us some crazy stuff you've seen just between us nobody's watching uh, I would say one of the one of the most memorable ones that happened was a uh, it was a bachelorette party that walked up you know sorry but this was yeah this one was a female one but, and I don't know why but this girl decided to come up to the bar pull her skirt over and just pee basically oh god right that's there. not the direction I was expecting this to go I'm just saying and then and then hold on it gets better and then. She's like, excuse me, can I have a towel? I said, yeah. So I grabbed her a towel. She's wiping it, wiping the floor, wiping everything. Lifts her leg up, starts wiping inside of her leg, takes the said towel, throws it behind the bar. I like literally throws it behind the bar, hits the cooler, splashing everywhere. Oh I can't God. get it. This is the this is one of the craziest things that's ever happened to me at the bar ever. And it. And it just happened, what, maybe like six, seven months ago, not even. Wow, <laughs> I, I totally expected that story to go in a completely <laughs> different direction. <Yeah. laughs> the only thing that would have made it worse is if she reached in afterwards and grabbed some cherries to eat after that. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no. no, no. Not yeah, a buffet. She was, she <laughs> no, but I would say that's like one of like the wildest, craziest, craziest ones. Um, you know, just... Uh, it's just a wild west down there. It's right. a it's a great people it's a great people watching spot. You have a lot of entertainers. You have buskers. You have just you know um, there's a, there's a mix of some even some like homeless people and so there's kind of just this whole smorgasbord of stuff that's going on and the music and then the bartenders and there's alcohol involved. It's amazing. The like, people watching must be absolutely off the chain, right? Yeah, yeah. You can only take so much of it, and you're like, okay, I need to go sit down somewhere. So, <laughs> but uh, no, it's awesome. It's awesome. Tell us I about some of the uh, legendary bartenders you've had an opportunity to work with over the years, over at uh, Carnival Court and otherwise. Well, I mean, none, none more than like Flippy, Christian Delpesh, you know, Mindigus, um, all those guys, you know, Renee, Steve, just absolute, absolute legends. Timmy Plummer guys that I've like traveled with and uh, done some really, really fun competitions with. Now, now I kind of go back and I look at the guys that I worked with before them, guys like Jared or Franchise. Um, I didn't work with them before, but uh, Christian and Dorian, now, now I got to work with the brothers. Um, we have so many people from the Rio that kind of came over that, that worked with me day one. Coco. Coco oh, yeah. was one of them. Uh, man, I'm just, just literally like everybody, the like entire roster of people is just in my eyes, legendary and like amazing. Like everyone has such a cool contribution. Everyone has their own style, their own, um, way of working, you know, uh, working with the guests. A lot of these guys I've only known from like the flare side. I never worked with them on like a bar side. So I don't know their little jokes or like their little ways that they interact with their customers. So it's really cool to kind of see that now be like oh my god like this you know legendary like champion like like for example christian olden uh you know he was always like one of the world's best tandem tandem champions i mean i don't even know how many championships they have 
So I, I only knew him from like a flair side, you know, I never worked with him. Now I get to see how he interacts with people, how he does magic, uh, how he's a working flair bartender, not just a legendary competitor. He's actually a really, really, really great bartender. And so I think for me, learning stuff like that about people that I've known for such a long time right. has been really, really cool, you know, uh, just, yeah. yeah. So really you've cool. bartending for a whole bunch of years. Tell me how many bar, how many years were you bartending before you started doing flair? So uh, you probably don't remember this, but I have a very, very vivid memory of it. But you were one of the first people I ever met that even had anything to do with flair. Oh, that's and it cool. was, dude. It was nuts. It was nuts. You were you were on stage competing. It was down at Mannequins, and uh, my cousin and I just happened to walk by the the qualifying day. We ran into Mark Metal and Grant Rio. Oh, yeah, yeah. Canadian boys, eh? Canadian boys, right? I'm like, what are you guys doing here? They're like, I'm like, is is the club open? They're like, no, it's a flare competition, and they're doing doing qualifying day. I said, okay, cool. And I was was an engineer at the time. I had no idea what bartending was. So I walk in, and I see all the stuff going on. I'm like, holy crap, this is is amazing. And I remember you did the magic trick. You did the the, uh, uh, bottle cap, you know, and then. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. I had a big block of ice on the stage. Oh man, it was amazing. And I talked to you afterwards and you told me which trick it was. You told me to get that. You told me to get scotch and soda. I don't, I, oh, yeah. I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't forget that conversation. So I was like, oh, so my, my cousin God. and I ran right down the magic store. We got a couple magic tricks and I started ordering some Flairco's and uh, that was in 2001. Um, and wow. I, that was, that was literally it. it was like, that's how I first got introduced into Flair was, was that, was that competition. And so I didn't even know what bartending was. So I got into bartending to be a flair bartender. Right. And, uh, so I went right to Fridays and started at Fridays. And then Kahunaville. I worked at the Kahunaville in Massachusetts for a little bit. Right. And, uh, you know, was in Vegas for a vacation watching Legends and met some other flair bartenders. Got an audition for the Rio. I came to the Rio for about a year and a half. And then from there, they asked me to audition at Carnival Court completely blew my mind um you know just that they would even consider me so um did that audition in 2005 and i was there for 15 years until 2020 right right before the pandemic i left right on my own Uh, i went to go get a convention job um and i was trying to keep carnival at the same time but as i was getting the job they said no it's kind of the same company you can't do it you have to pick one so you know um i made the decision of taking the conventions, which turned out not to be the best decision, but luckily circuit came. Like the day I posted on Facebook that I was leaving Carnival, Martin called me, Martin Janica. Like, love that guy. You guys know him. I met him. Yeah, like I know him well. In, in Florida, like one of my first comps. And um, so he's like, hey, congratulations on, you know, on, on your new stuff. We have this place called Circuit opening in December. We'd love to have you just come and help us open it. And anything you can contribute, and I was like, absolutely, I would, I would, I would love to have a little bit of flair, you know, still there, you know, because conventions was gonna nice. take not by choice. Up a little. It took a flair bartending competition to get you to start flipping bottles, bottles, flare goes, and start practicing. In the beginning, when you started competing, what kept driving you to keep competing? For me, it was always the uh, the like routines. The sequences. Uh, I came from a drumming background. You know, I was a drummer in a band for a long time, and uh, my band had broken up. Actually, we were 
we were broken up for a few months and I had no like creative outlet. I had nothing to do. I wasn't practicing music anymore for a little bit, you know, just, you know, like the band was together for a long time. So it's kind of like a relationship with like four or five guys, you know, so, you know, when a band kind of breaks up, you know, it also takes a little toll on you. So I wasn't doing anything creative in a while. So when I first saw Flair, when I first watched the performance, you know, I watched Christian, I watched Dean, I watched all these guys, Coco, the Oldens, um, and I was watching them perform or do magic and kind of put sequences together to music with choreography. Right. Yeah, those guys that, are all magicians. Yeah. And that's that's the one that got me. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah, I want to, quote, unquote, write my own routines, write my own songs. And uh, so I... I kind of came in as more like a creative, creative background. I wanted to use it as like another outlet, uh, also because I wasn't playing drums at the time. So I was like just itching to find something, and uh, it literally just kind of got dropped in front of me. And I was like, I looked on stage. I was like, that's it. Like I already had my first song figured out. I'm like, I'm gonna do this song with this routine. Like I was was, was choreographing stuff in my head without even knowing what a tin felt like. I don't even know how to make a rum and coke, but uh, I love that creative. Thing about flair that um, being able to flow, being um, able to like let loose, and just just write your own songs, you know, write your own stuff, and uh, that that's the, that's something that I still do. So I think right. um, I think having that deep down passion is probably what's kept me in the game for so long. Um, definitely, I would definitely it's, say it's that deep down. Yeah, the passion and creativity is definitely an outlet, you know, for, for Flair. And I'm with you on that. And other bartenders feel the same way that, that keep continuing to do this. Now, share with our audience the difference of Flair in a competition versus Flair while you're working in a Flair bar. Um, flair in a competition to me is about showcasing yourself, showcasing what you've been working on. Um, because, you know, you used the word passion before. And uh, I always use the example, passion is what you do when no one's watching, Right. So you're in the garage, you're practicing, you know, you're making yourself, that's what, that's what passion's about. So when you get on stage, when you have your five minutes, your seven minutes, that's, that's, that's your time to kind of showcase like, Hey, this is, this is kind of what I've been up to without having to say a word, right? You go, you know, you, sh you showcase, you show off, um, you show your hardest stuff, your most choreographed stuff, things that you like to do the best. We're at work. I'm probably going to catch some flack for this, but I truly believe the flair is kind of what you get, you know, the recognition for the, the last, you know, flair at work is more like, Hey, it's all about service, all about shaking hands, high-fiving, you know, saying a funny joke, you know, kind of being more like welcoming, making a good, a good cocktail, throwing a little bit of flair in there. But that's, that's like an uh, additive, right? So like the flair is the additive to, to the service where, you know, I work right. where at the competition flair is what you're there to showcase. So I think, um, and a lot of times, you know, you know, I see this, especially with like younger flair bartenders, they just want to get up there and be like, check out my two minute routine, you know, that right. I did for, you know, legends. And we've all done it. You know, we do it when our friends come to visit and everything, but the normal everyday flair bartender, which is Joe and Jane, when they walk up to the bar, you know, they don't understand flair. So I have, I, I, I have to teach them. I have to right. teach them. Yeah, they've never seen well, it before, right? Correct. Yeah. So, you know, if you open up with doing all these bumps and misdirections and all this crazy stuff, they're like, I don't get it. <laughs> you know? So right. You they can't even follow it. I've always described flair behind the bar like 
if I start doing anything big, it's to attract people from a distance to the bar. Perfect. You know, when there's people and I know there's a crowd way over there, I'll juggle some bottles up. So they'll be like, what's going on over there? And then they'll start traveling towards the bar. Now, when they get there, Bache's there with his huge personality. Uh, <laughs> tell us about some of the ways that you break the ice with people so you can start that conversation uh, once you get them to the bar. Oh, you know, I got a couple fun liners, uh, fun one-liners that I like to, you know, just just kind of bust out on people, you know, um, like, hey, what's up, party people? You know, that's that's one that I got from my friend Zach because people love to respond with, yeah, you know what, we are party people, we are having a good time. So it kind right. of puts them, it, 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 it kind of puts them in that in that fun mood, you know, when they're walking up. Sometimes people will be, you know, I'm an outdoor bar, so there's a big distance, there's a long ways between where the customer sometimes is before they approach the bar. So and it's also very loud. So what I like to do is kind of maybe use some visual cues. I'll kind of like throw out like a casting net and kind of like reel them in. And, <laughs> and some people will have fun and they'll pretend to be fish and I'll, you know, like bring them in like this, give them a little, you know, don't worry, I'm catching release, you know, and kind of give them a one-liner like that. And uh, <laughs> um, it's just, it's just really good icebreakers, right. you know, because that, that, that three feet of wood between you and your customer can sometimes be intimidating for them. Um, and it's amazing right. what we can get away with. So I use that opportunity to let them know, hey, man, we're cool. This is a open, safe environment. Let's have some fun and, right. you know, let's bust some balls and, you know, let's make some jokes. So do you um, do magic? Do you do actual, like, do you do some scotch and soda for anybody or what else? Honestly, yeah. Like one of the first bars I ever worked in, um, I used to do scotch and soda. I did nuts and bolts. All I right. did the beer cap, the, the floating beer cap. Um, so I did a couple other ones. There was this... Uh, magician guy he, he he was somewhere in colorado and he used to have a vhs tape and he used to do magic oh doc night. eason doc eason yeah yes. yeah doc no, eason he's classic he's from colorado yeah no. he's, he, he's yes. been a bar magician forever yes of course you would know his name yes yeah. so i i watched some he, didn't you do stuff. a seminar with him at tales with cheryl charming yeah actually uh gosh that was like i don't know the year that was but uh Cheryl Charming, myself, and Doc Eason all did a seminar at Tales of the Cocktail about uh, entertaining behind the bar. Unbelievable, bro. Yeah, that was one of the guys when I first was even learning. I was like, I got, I want to be like that guy when I grow up, man. That oh, my awesome. God. He's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there you go, Doc Eason. So um, I, think, I think a lot of that has to do with it. You know, you just watch the way, you know, people interact with their, you know, with their guests. Um, we're magicians, we're comedians, uh, sometimes we're psychiatrists, you know, the bartender has many hats to wear. I think people kind of forget that. So you can use any one of those hats. Uh, and speaking of hats, that's another one that I use. Uh, you know, people wear a lot of logos. Right. You know, I, if, they're, if, if, if their team's playing or if they had a bad break, I'm like, hey man, you know, tough break in that fourth quarter, you know, whatever. Right. And, uh, you know, it's always good. You know, it's the, the so kind of, kind of full circle back to your original question. The competition's about you. Uh, working flair is about the customer. It's 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 about the guest. And, and sorry, I hate to use wonderful. I love yeah. that. Yeah, it's always yeah. about the guest. Yeah, short and sweet. Yeah. It, it's got to come back to the guest, right? It's got to come yeah. back to the guest. Rob and I were talking about that earlier today. Uh, mm -hmm. It's verification. You know what I mean? It's verification, and you're just someone cool that they met along the way. You know what right. I mean? So hopefully, you give them a cool experience, and they're like, "Man, that guy was awesome." And uh, no. you know. We talk about all these hats you're wearing. What about hats of the uh, the social media 
guru uh, or influencer, I guess. You've been uh, you've been all over social media. What's going on? Tell us. I don't know. I don't know if I would. Uh, I don't know if I would call that a hat because I don't. Um, don't tell anyone. I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> Who does? <laughs> um, no, and there's a lot of truth in that because it was honestly uh, social media. Okay, let me let me kind of think of. Um, Don't let us I, fool you that we know what we're doing here. <laughs> dude, I mean, like, look at this production. You know, I mean, you guys got the whole production going. I am actually streaming on my TikTok live right now. Hold on, I'll show you the camera. Oh, are you? Are you live with us today? Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I got my link in the bio. So so when people go to the link in bio, I put the link for your page in there first so people can click that. And that's how Dan Sites got you guys. He was able to click the link from, from there. And, uh, you know, I got him over here for you. So, hey, that's um, cool. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank yeah, you. Last I looked, you have over 775,000 followers on TikTok. Like, how did that all start and how do you maintain that? Um, okay, how did it all start? There was... Um, about a year ago, less than a year ago in uh, December, I only worked inside for like a little bit. And there was this group that, that, you know, that kept coming up and, you know, we're pretty, pretty slow. It's December and I would flare for them and they would, they would really like it. They would come back, get some more drinks, flare, do some more stuff, whatever. Turns out this lady made a little compilation video. And I think the title said something like our bartender going too hard or went hard or something like that. So that's what the caption said. And it was just a little compilation of the different ways that I was flaring their drinks. Um, and it, and it, it ended up going like super viral. It got like, it made the front of like world star. It got like 7 million oh in like God. a couple hours. Um, it was getting shared like all over Instagram people like, uh, Drake liked it. Some porn stars liked it. It was like, it was, it was crazy. I had all these people, but, um, I didn't have, well, I, I had a TikTok, but there was no, there was no content on that. Actually, there was one content, which I'll get back to. <laughs> uh -huh. So so this lady obviously didn't know me and I had no site, so I didn't get tagged in it. So I didn't really get, I didn't get any traction off that. What happened was people kept sending me the video. They're like, dude, like, look at your video. It's, it, you know, it's, it's blown up everywhere. So eventually some people found my TikTok and they're looking, I had one video on there and it's still there. It's, it's, it's my first video. I left it there. So you guys can go watch it um, whenever you want. But it's literally me taking the dog to the dark park, right? Riding my electric unicycle. So everyone's like, this is not that. This is not the bartender guy. There's no way this is him. He's like, just like super dork riding an electric unicycle to the dog park. <laughs> so people are all like, hey man, if that's really you, you know, you, know, you should make videos. That's not you. You know, you should make like all these comments. Like the comments just kept coming in. Um, and I ended up getting something like, I think like a thousand followers on that from, you know, on a TikTok. So I was like, all right, that kind of, you know, was, was a little out of nowhere. Right. Um, and so unfortunately the video that that lady posted did her, her account got banned for something else. I don't know. I don't know what the deal was, but, um, I do still talk to her on Instagram. So we're friends on Instagram, Katie. Um, but yeah, her video only lasted like two or three weeks you know, before her account got banned. So after that, I was like, you know what, maybe, maybe I should make a video. I'd like let it slide for like three weeks. You know, I didn't say anything. I was like, no, I don't want to, because I'm, I've, I've never been in the social media. Like I said, I don't know what I'm doing. I, it, it was never a big thing for me. So I just kind of like let it slide. And then eventually I'm like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to make some videos. Like I'll give myself 20, 25 videos and that's it. You know, we're just going to try it. have some fun. Apparently people want to watch it. 
people like it. And, you know, you think to yourself, because you've been doing this for 20 years, you're like, what, what am I going to do? Right. What am I going to show? Like, I've been doing this for so long. What, like, what, are, are people even going to be interested? Um, you have all these doubts, right? Um, right. Well, we should I let your I'm, followers know and your followers on TikTok know that if they follow us on, uh, if they watch the YouTube channel, they can actually comment and ask you questions live right now. Uh, right. I can uh, I can uh, put questions up on the screen and uh, and have anybody uh, answer any questions while we're live. How do we do that? Yeah, you know what? I can I can see my chat right now, and unfortunately, hey guys, if you have any questions, I got I got Dean over here. Why don't you guys ask some questions, and we'll get you on the YouTube live. All right, so we'll see. All right, thank you, thank you, appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> very cool. That's but yeah, so. Started, started posting videos and, uh, you know, Circle was super, super supportive. You know, for a lot of people that don't know, in a casino, you can't use your phone behind the bar. You can't, you know, right. do anything. You can't even stick your hands in your pocket and stuff. So um, for them to allow me to make videos was just awesome. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's great for them, too. You know, they're getting tons and tons of traction right now. Um, also because now they allow me, excuse me, I do two streams a week on Fridays and Sundays. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, two live streams. What? Excuse me. Is it two live streams that you, mm -hmm. okay. Yep. 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 I live stream right at the bar. You know, uh, I set up the camera. It's got like a little wide angle lens on it, put a big tripod, give you like a little, uh, surveillance camera kind of view. You could see the strip or the Fremont uh, street. You could see the, you know, the bands, the girls, you see all the buskers, you see all the entertainment right. kind of going on. Um, it is, it is awesome. So, you know, and, and I think that's just what happened. I just kind of just kept posting videos and videos. Um, the ones you think will do good, don't. The ones that you don't like end up doing doing the best and uh, just kind of built up this little following and it just kind of kept growing and growing. We do the live streams. So, um, I, you know, like I said, I don't really know exactly what I'm doing. It wasn't like a planned thing. I'm just kind of just rolling with the tide. You know, when it's when it's good, it's good. When it's slow, it's slow, and that's fine. Just like everything else, um, and just just keep throwing spaghetti at the wall, man. You know, just keep throwing <laughs> spaghetti at the wall. Yeah, like, that's exactly what we're things. doing. Oh my god! And you just have to do that, like without fear of judgment. And don't read the comments. Don't ever read the comments. Yeah, don't 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 get the hype involved. Like, don't fall into that trap. Now, Vache, you're a very talented bartender. Your brother Vahe is another very talented bartender. How in the past, when you guys were both competing together, did that help and hurt you? And then now, both you working in different flare bars in Vegas, how is that relationship working now? Oh man, it's uh, it's been amazing. It's been amazing. Vahe is um, he's eight years younger than me, so you know we have we have a little bit of a gap, but we've always been super super close. We you know growing up, we always played sports together. Um, we just always hung out together. We were always at the house and we, you know, like super, super close. You know, we've never even gotten to one big fight. I'll, I'll be honest with you. So um, when I first got into Flair, he was, you know, obviously a lot younger and uh, he, he really didn't, didn't think much of it. But year after year, after like, like after moving to Vegas and then coming back for the holidays, he kept seeing like another DVD, another DVD. And he kept watching like more of my routines and he's kind of like, hey, wait a minute. Like you're actually like, competing and doing like all the, like he didn't, he didn't really understand it in the beginning. Part of this thing. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, what is this? And you're having a lot of fun and I want to do it too. So he ended up just starting to practice 
in the backyard, you know, like, like I would come home for Christmas and he's doing bumps. I'm like, oh, dude, like, how are you doing bumps already? And then next thing you know, my mom calls me. He's like, he's been outside practicing for like two weeks straight. And uh, I'm like, oh, it sounds like you got a big problem on your hands, mom. Because he's not like, that's it. It's over. Uh, he's not going to stop. So sure enough, after that, he wanted to move to Vegas. So, you know, he, he ended up flying out. He stayed with me and Dario. Uh, and I think that's probably why he also got so good so fast. You know, me and Dario were not easy on him at all. Right. You know, he just kept in the garage. You know, so he, if you watch his flair, you could definitely see some uh, influence and inspiration from, from like both of us. And, and that's just awesome. So, right. you know, when he got into competition, he was, you know, he got really technical. Yeah, I think, I think he beat me two times. I think I beat him three times. I think we've only competed together like maybe like four or five times or something like that. So, but yeah, never, never any headbutting. Like it's always been nothing but love. Um, You know, we worked together at Carnival for a while. So that was awesome. Let me ask you a question. You, you said that he got technical. Um, What do you, can you describe what you mean by he got technical as as a flare guy? Yeah, I think, so, so technical is a term that can definitely, you know, trans, transcend kind of through like the generations, right? So when Vahe came in, it was kind of more towards near like the end of like my competition kind of sessions, right? I, you know, I, I kind of slowed down from competitions then. Right. So tech, what was technical for us in 2005, you know, this kid comes in in 2013, 2014, you know, technical is more tin splits, you know, five, six, seven right. objects, right, right. multiple bottles and all these, all these tin, tin separations and stuff that's going on. And, you know, I've always been blown away by that, but, um, was, was, was never something that I really had in my repertoire because I couldn't use it. You know, being a, I was more of a working flare bartender. Right. So I, I was more about that. Um, so let me, so uh, put, let, let me poke in here. I'm kind of getting at something because when you first started talking about uh, putting together shows and stuff, you were talking about writing your own music. You're writing your own show. And I used to do that as well. I would get a piece of music, and I, it would inspire me, and I would write my show to the music. And I would have pauses and whatnot. I don't know if you remember my mask routine from back in the day. Um, yeah. And Olya talks about doing that now as she's moving into uh, or doing competitions here. Um and Flippy did it a lot as well. It was just, it's just great storytelling. And then we moved into this technical kind of, of flair. Could you maybe describe that more eloquently than I can? I would say there was there were certain people that used that time in a more uh, artistic fashion, in a right. more creative fashion. Uh, Prime example would be like Nicholas St. John with his with his dancing. Yeah, absolutely. Just, he's he's a perfect example of, of, of writing his own music on stage. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, I did a routine with like drums, kind of like a stomp routine with like shakers and drums playing, nice. you know, playing bottles and doing stuff like that. Um, Flippy's routine, the one where he did like the Beastie Boys and the music. I actually, yeah. I was actually his, uh, I was his live drummer. That was the one and only time <laughs> Did not have a CD. Um, I was playing live drums and had a digital sampler on the side and was making his music live. Oh, that's so cool. One of my first Quest routines was to uh, rush 
there's like a 12 minute drum solo by Neil Peart on in Rush, and I used that for one of my first quest routines in '99. Uh, oh. And I was I was drumming with the Straws. Uh, just uh, had to bring it up while you were on it. No, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and he's one of my he's one of my idols, man. You know, you know Neil Peart has always been you know being a drummer. You know, you grow up with Neil. <laughs> yeah. But so yeah, I think. Um, and whereas like. For example, you get someone like uh, Rodrigo Delpesh, you know, yeah. and like Dario, yeah. where they're, you know, their like level of flares so high, especially like all like the technical stuff, the little things that, you know, maybe some some people might miss that these guys are doing. So there's there's definitely a time and place for both. I love them both, um, but I think as with anything, as it progresses, things will naturally get a little more technical because that the technicality kind of shows shows more in like the advancement. You know what I mean? But that being said, I also believe you can learn technical things, but you can't learn certain charisma. You can't learn certain, right. you know, sense, like, like, like you can't just be flippy. Like you're not just going to be Right. Yeah, you, there's you only one flippy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but you could learn how to juggle five bottles. You know? <clears throat> Sorry, Rob. No, I'm going. I don't want to stop. You're amazing. Like your your personality. It, I always say that too. Like I can teach a monkey to bartend, but I can't teach you your personality. And right. you hit it on the nail. Like personality is is a tool that separates some good bartenders from great bartenders. Does judging showmanship more uh, bring that out in a, in a competition? Because there was a a stretch where the showmanship had nothing to do with the competition. It got kind of erased from competitions, and then it slowly started working its way back in. And I was always a big advocate for showmanship. Uh, how do you feel that just judging on showmanship, is that enough to bring out personality? Just judging on showmanship, I would say. Or including it in a competition, you know? Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. There was, there was a couple of competitions where it was 200 points, 100 points showmanship, 100 points flair. Right. You know what I mean? And that was done specifically for, for what you just said, because we wanted to see more of like people's personality. We wanted to see like, Hey, I don't care that you can't juggle five bottles. You know, I just know you're really entertaining. Right. Uh, you know, um, there was this guy, Brandon Stewart. He worked at carnival for, for a short time. And one of his routines, it was awesome. We had three, three or four different drinks to make and right. for each drink. He had, he had one prop. He had a bandana. So he takes the bandana the song changes. It was like Tupac, so he kind of makes it more like Tupac-y. and then it, it, it changes for like Britney Spears. So then he makes it. He takes the same bandana, he changes his outfit, and he, now he's doing a Britney Spears song. You know, that's like, great. Oh my God! It was like one of the most talked about routines from the competition. Right. It really showcased his. You know, he's this really tall, skinny, lanky black guy with just a bunch of freckles on his face, and he's just like a really, really funny, awesome guy. And then when you just see him in that element, you're like, dude, what a routine. Like, you know, and he used one prop and he just kept kept using it in the song or in, in, in the different songs in that one routine. Right. And that was like, his, that's how he linked the, all the different songs together. That's brilliant. Yeah. And then it was brilliant. Yeah. And he changed it with, with every drink and you're like, dude, okay, see? Yeah. Like hundred out of a hundred. Come on, man. You know what I mean? Like, how do you even score that? <laughs> you mentioned you're 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 a true working flair bartender, and us bringing back a working flair bartending competition. What are your thoughts of an actual competition being based on that? Oh, nice. oh, I love it, and the fact that it's blind 
that that's that's the only way like you don't know the bottles you don't know what level they are you don't know what drinks they are you know people walk up they're like mai tai jack and coke vodka soda splash cran you're like i got you and you know boom you just go off you know you do all your things so i i get a a big response just from flow and um and i had this conversation with tobin ellis about about flow about how working flair i don't like when people say oh i don't have time for that i don't have time for that there are certain flare moves working flare moves that i do to save time i actually flare to to get something from my right hand to my left hand without doing this i'll just throw it and then grab something else with my right hand um so there's there's a lot of working flair that is actually you know uh, uh, scott young talks about it old time guy you know he's pulling bottles off a top shelf. He had a top shelf and he's like, I need to get it to this side. I need it on, on this side so I can grab something else. So he was also using flair to kind of, you know, um, help his flow. So I get a lot of compliments. I got a, uh, a lot of uh, comments about just even how to, how to work the bar. It might not look like flair, but spearing the lines, spearing two at the same time if you can. It kind of looks cool with like one hand getting two. Um, a little stuff with the straws, a little stuff with the pens, the check presenter, you know, I, I, I flare people's uh, credit cards. I do like a little credit card magic flourish thing with it. Right. Um, I flick the pen. So Wait. all that stuff. It's not... Sorry, go ahead. What's no, that? no, no, go ahead. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you in any way. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. Um, so it's like all that. So as I'm giving you your drink, there's, there's something happening. So there's like this whole working flare. You know what I mean? Right. Without sitting there and doing two bottles or two tip bottles. Like everything you touch, you can do something with. There's something spinning, something twirling. There's just some kind of eye candy everywhere you look. Yep. Yep. And people always like, you just don't stop, huh? I'm like, this is what it's like when you have ADHD. And it's like a perfect <laughs> job if you have ADHD. Right. Dario was on last week and he talked about the difference between juggling three, four, or five bottles behind the bar. And throwing a, uh, a cherry behind your back and catching it on your toothpick. Yeah, exactly. And there's, I would say the cherry's harder. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> right? <laughs> the impact of that, because people can follow it and they get it, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. And uh, that's always like the funnest stuff. I love building routines. I love building that stuff behind the bar, that connection with people using flair. Like I said, behind the bar, you know, you're getting tipped for your flair for your technical flair or that little routine you did last they're they're tipping you for that last you know right. if, if, if you get a good tip it's because you gave them a good experience it's not because you did five bumps you know what i mean they don't understand five bumps they just i mean they they see it it's cool but they don't understand that that deserves you know a five dollar tip or a hundred dollar tip you know what i mean it's like that you know, you do less for someone and you give them a good experience and, uh, you know, you get tipped on your flair the last. So being a working flair bartender, you got to know that you got to know that line where it's all about the guests. It's all about the guests. You have a little window to show off and you have to show off at the right time when you have the crowd and the crowd's got their cameras out and they're like, yo, these guys over here, this, these guys are awesome. We got to watch these right. guys. And, and they're just watching all the bartenders. That's when you know you have that extra... 15, 20 seconds to kind of. It's just engagement. People just want to be acknowledged and engaged with. Yeah, 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 totally. You know, let them let them pour their shots. Oh, it just happened to me this weekend. Check out this story, right? So you guys wanted crazy stories. This guy, he's been coming to the bar for like a year. 
super, super cool guy, high energy, always good dude. He's like super buff, you know, he's got long blonde hair and he just walks up and he's got this presence about him. And he came up to me and he got some drinks. He was awesome, came up more, got some more drinks. A few months later came, a few months later, whatever. By like the third time he came up, someone finally walked up to him and said, hey, can I get a picture with you? And me just joking around, I was like, hey man, what are you like, some kind of like wrestler or something or like a rock star? And he goes, actually, I am a wrestler. And I was like, oh really? And I don't follow wrestling, but he turned out to be like this super cool superstar. Uh, his name's Dolph Ziggler. And uh, he was in town for WrestleMania. So sure enough, my brother Vahe was like freaking out. He's like, dude, you met Dolph Ziggler? I'm like, yeah, he's super cool. He comes to the bar all the time, you know, he's an awesome guy. And so he just visited again on, what was it Friday? Friday or Saturday? He, he was just here over the weekend. Um, and it's just one of those moments where, you know, you're kind of like, you get to meet these people that also, you know, entertain and like have that yeah. high like energy level. And that's what, that's what attracts them too. So you end up attracting more of that, more of that good energy, you know? So I think, yeah, everything, all the, all the work in Flair, I think it all comes, it all comes back around, but yeah. I was really cool. so happy to hear that. And you, you brought yeah, up a good man. point is you never know who's sitting at your bar. So always be on, always be positive, always be smiling, always give good service. With that being yeah. said, <clears throat> I want to ask you a question and think sure. about this for a second. I want to start asking all of our guests this is what one piece of advice did someone give you about this industry that impacted your life and how you bartend? Huh. I would say... Don't take anything personally. I would say that that's, that's, that's a really good one. You know, especially, especially with flair, there's so much ego involved, you know, it's like, you know, you, you always think like, you know, you know, like you're saying, you're like, Oh my God, I put this, I put this routine, I put this performance on for you. You know what I mean? And, and not everybody appreciates, uh, appreciates it. Not everybody enjoys it. Not, not everybody wants it, you know? Um, and, and I, I saw like some people would kind of take some of that personally and then maybe let them let that bad energy affect the next affect your next guest. I mean, because your next guest walking up to the bar doesn't know, doesn't know what your previous interaction was like. Um, so if you take things like too personally, you shoot yourself in the foot, uh, you give off a bad energy. Um, it's hard to build. It's hard to build uh, good vibes at the bar. If you, right. if you take stuff too personally, you know, you're just a bartender. You know, you're over there to serve and then everything you do extra is because you want to. So, right. um, I would say, yeah, definitely don't take anything personally. The one I will never forget the line that the lady told me at my orientation, which I still, I still hold, hold true. It said, uh, uh, keep your hands off of the people's money and keep your nose clean. And, uh, I think, I think that, that like bit of advice literally got that like day one for my orientation, uh, lady. Right. Um, I think, I think that was a big one. I was like, okay, got it, got it. You know, like, cool. perfect. All right. Yeah, I was like, good rules. Good rules. Yeah. You know, we're, uh, we're creating a documentary uh, about the rise, fall, and resurgence of flair bartending. I know you're very close to it because Lindsay Plabilmo is, uh, is, is working with you uh, at Circa, yes. right? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell us what you hope that... Uh, you know, this documentary, let's let's imagine that it comes out and it's a huge success and it's awesome. Or even if it's just this underground thing, but it's still awesome. Uh, what do you think 
it can bring to our industry and to uh, to bartenders, like individual bartenders? I think it could bring probably one of the most most important elements to any kind of community, any especially a smaller community. Um, it's 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 documentation and culture. I think I think nice. when you guys are 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 going to man, how do I say this? There's like a lot of new a new like like for like for example like Lindsay. You just mentioned Lindsay. Right. Um, you know, she's she's relatively newer, right? So I think this is like such a good way to kind of like show like the culture of flair, the like documentation of flair, the way it's uh, developed and changed over the past like 20 years. Um, how it continues to evolve. And how it continues to evolve. And you know what? You can get on this train at like any time. You know, I mean, it's, it's a very tight, small community, but anyone that wants to be a flair bartender can instantly have 50, 100 new friends, literally like overnight. Just by just by picking up a bottle and tape, you know, in a in a tin, um, and I think showing that showing that culture, showing that love that we have for each other for so long through, you know, so like countless competitions and you know traveling and crossing boundaries and you know borders and doing all this stuff um, to like let them know like hey this this is something that we've been doing underground for so long. Um, and like you could be a part of it. This this is what it looked like. This is what it's looking like now. Hey, come in and bring your own art. Bring your dance. Bring your music. Bring your magic. Whatever you got, bring it and show us. Become you know, part of the community. Yeah, yeah. Be be a part of the community, and uh, and that kind of goes back around to kind of like the TikTok social media stuff. Is right. I think I think I think what 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 TikTok is doing, and this is something that we've all done. To, the, the three of us here for, for a very long time, even before it was, you know, you know they like told you to do it. Before there was the internet. <laughs> yeah. We're like, this is my love. This is my passion. I don't care what you guys think about it. I am here to express it for you. I'm here to create this routine for you. Hope you enjoy it. You know what I mean? Um, and I think TikTok is doing that for, for all kinds of people. You know, like, they, like there's a window washer guy. He puts soap on a window and people send him logos and he makes little logos out of soap on a window. <laughs> that's his flair, you know, that's that guy's flair. You're right, yeah. Yeah, and, that's uh, flair for his business, for sure. Yeah. So I think I think the documentary will, will will like let people know like, hey, this is this is our culture, this is our life, this is this is our passion, this is what we've been creating right. way before you guys even seen it. <laughs> um so I mean I don't know, like what 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 better people you know, Rob, you had, you had the magazine, Dean, you had the bottle, like you, you guys know everything, you know, you guys know everything. So I know there's going to be so much I learned from it too. And even being involved in Flair for 21 years, I'm going to be like, Oh my God, like there's so many cool stories. There's so many cool stories, right? So many. It's, it's been wonderful for us doing some research for it and talking to some of the old friends. You know, I just got off the phone with Scott Young a couple of days ago. I've been talking to John Bandy on a regular basis. And now Rob and I are doing this show and talking to you and Dario again. Just getting this conversation, the energy kind of rolling again has been super exciting for myself. And I know Rob too, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's great to, to tell these stories. And more importantly, like you alluded to, is inspire the next generation and, and show them the path and show them the mistakes we made. And let's just right. keep building on everything. For sure, for sure. Culture, culture and documentation, <laughs> man. You know, like people love documentaries, right? Got to tell the story. 
yeah, you got to tell the story, you know, like this is what happened and it was cool. And you know, this was the bad, this was the, you know, the, the, the good, bad, the ugly, the competition, the, the working. And I know people, yeah, I think a lot of times people don't know, they just see bottle flipping and they don't, they don't really understand. They don't understand what yeah. they're watching. They had no idea that this intricate story is behind the scenes, you know, 20 years or 30 years in the making, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Think about what it took for the three of us to be on this, you know, podcast right here on this, on this live right here, you know, um, right. it's crazy. It's crazy to think what it took for us to get here. <laughs> well, hopefully, Vache, we'll see you next week in West Palm Beach, uh, either on the stage or in the crowd supporting as well. Uh, I know we've been exchanging questions and answers, so I'm not going to say, and I'm not even going to ask you if you're going to be there or competing. I'm just hoping to see you there. Um, and with that, uh, thank you for your time. You've been amazing, and Dean and I love it. And thank you for what you continue to do for the industry. No problem. Thank you, guys. I love you both. You guys know that. We have long, great history together. Honored and blessed to be on here. Thank you so much for having me, man. I can't, I can't yes. say thank you enough. And, uh, you know, yeah, hopefully I'll see you next week, brother. Vache, you've helped my heart grow three times today. I had no idea that. Uh, that you were in the audience. I mean, we had the conversation about scotch and soda so many years ago, but uh, yeah. I, I didn't realize that that uh, young man I was talking to was going to be the uh, uh, the Vache Manukian that we know today. So, uh, hey. <laughs> so honored. Thank you. So honored. Well, no, hey, thank you. I'm honored. Thank you for being so cool. I mean, you know, you have this random guy walking up to you and be like, hey, dude, what's that? And, you know, you took the time to you know, hung out with my, uh, my cousin and I. Yeah, I'll never forget that. So, uh, hey, literally funny. day one, day one. So, thank you. Cool, yeah. man. All right, love you. We'll see you this weekend, right? Okay, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Vache Manukian. Love you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. Thank you very much. We'll see you. Take care. Bye, bye, guys. There's Vache joining us all the way from uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Dean, that brings us to uh, the last sip, because I see you got just about a sip left, and I'm pretty much there myself. I've been nursing this sip for the anticipation of the end of the show. Uh, we, we need to create like a, a fancy uh, thing here, you know? One last sip. Last sip. I'll, I'll take that on as one of my roles after the comp. i got got to get through this this week first. Do we want to uh, give them a little hint of next week's yes? Next week's guests are off the chart. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're watching right now or watching later, I don't care when you're watching, whenever you're watching, uh, next week's guests, okay, we're going live, one drink with Rob, Dean, and the competitors from the Bartender Shakedown. We're going to be live there after qualifying. You might get some uh, inside information of who's made the finals, and everyone's going to uh, hopefully jump on and, and, and share why they're doing the competition, promote themselves, and uh, maybe we get some people to flip some bottles and make a drink with us as well because we can all have one drink with. <laughs> well, here's the thing, Rob. I challenge you, One Minute Mixology on stage at Bartender Shakedown. Ah, so if we're doing it on stage, I got to like really come correct and throw a little bit more flair into the competition, into the segment. Challenge accepted, my friend. If there's any time when it's allowed, it would be this time. Yeah, done. I'm, I'm done. I'm excited. I'm in. All right. Also tune in, ladies and gentlemen, because we are launching a brand new product, a 
the first brand new Flareco product in over a decade. And it's a collaboration between myself and John JB, I taught Tom Cruise, Bandy. So check that out. It's going to be super exciting. So Rob, what is your, uh, what is your last sip? What's your, what's your takeaway from our conversation today? It's a couple things is that, that camaraderie and family that we've always had with flair bartending yeah. and it never dies. And we're the first to compete against each other but the first to jump on stage and bar back for each other and give you my my tools my tins whatever you need to help and you never know who's sitting at your bar always be positive always put on a good show be professional you never know where it can lead absolutely uh the fraternity the sorority the however you want to talk about it uh, the friendships and family that come out of this um one of my take-homes today is is the fact that the Bache and I met while I was, or just after I'd done some cool stuff on stage back in my day, you know, uh, I didn't know that story. I didn't, I didn't remember that story. And I, I it really, it really tugs at my heartstrings, man. Uh, but I had a different uh, one drink with uh, our sip, last sip, is how Vache talked about writing your own song, writing your own music on stage. And... And, and like I said, Olya talked about it as well. Taking music and creating a story and, 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 and creating a show with sound effects and some fun in it. And it's not just technical difficulty. There, the show is so important. And I, I really hope and I know we're striving towards uh, I'm really pushing to, to, to bring us back in that direction because I think it helps connect the at-home audience or the, the the lay audience if you will that doesn't understand the technical difficulty i've been bartending for 30 plus years i've been doing flair for every one of them and i watch some of these guys and i can't follow it i can't follow the tin splitting and the bottles going and everything i'm like what the hell just happened there uh, and i've been doing it for a long time so but I, but i can watch when Flippy catches a bottle in his arm and the music goes off and you can hear a baby crying in the background and he's cradling this bottle. Uh, I think it's so funny. Uh, so I, I look forward to that coming back and I just like the way that, uh, that Vashe talked about about writing your own song. So that's my final sip. A little long-winded sip as always. Love you, Shaker. Cheers to you, sir. There's the cheers. The final sip. Cheers. The other side. There it is. Boom. We'll never get it right. Cheers. <laughs> I'm on the other side this time. It threw me off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No worries, brother. But yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, guys. We will see you next week where we are going uh, live one drink with from West Palm Beach, Florida at the Improv in West Palm Beach. Rob's uh, famous bartender shakedown 2022 coming at you. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Rob, take us out, man. Thank you, everybody. And can't wait to see you next week. Hope you guys learned and enjoyed the conversation on Cocktail Network Live's One Drink With. To learn more about One Drink With and all that Cocktail Network Live does, check out CocktailNetworkLive.com. See you in the next episode.